0: Welcome to this week's episode of Being Human. Delighted to say I'm here with Lisa Bragg. Lisa is an author, a speaker, and an advisor, helping leaders uh, to navigate becoming uh, savvy in their self-promotion. She's also a, an uh, well, she's author of this book. Uh, I've got the advanced copy, so it's a printed out PDF here, uh, but it's uh, it's called Bragging Rights, How to Talk About uh, Your Work Using Purposeful self Promotion, so Lisa, it is a delight to have you here today.
1: Thank you for having me, and I finally have my own copy of the book. So it's there's something magical when you can hold it in your hands, and I'll definitely send you the actual, well, the bound perv- version of it for right. you.
0: <laughs> I'd be, I would be honored, um, and I have to say, I was, I was, yeah, really. Your, your, um, your the, the option to interview you came through, and it really piqued my interest because this is something I have definitely had challenges with, like. How to put yourself out there? How to do it in a way that just doesn't make your, you know, your skin crawl and, and feel really icky? And I'm, I'm guessing that there are a lot of people in the audience who um, have similar sort of feelings about uh, self promotion and, and putting them out there. So I'm, I'm really uh, excited to get into what you talk about, you know, in the book.
1: Thank you. I'm uh, excited to be here.
0: Uh, yeah. So I guess for people who not not aware of your backstory? Could you could you fill them in a little bit? You know, on on the arc of your your life that leads you up to writing this book.
1: Yeah, and it all you know when you go back and you look at the red thread that that leads you to a path, you can see it. But when you're in the middle of things, you don't see it. So my last name is Bragg, so it's so funny that I would write bragging rights. Um, and uh, was a broadcast journalist for a long time in Canada. Stories went international, but covered everything from international business to the lemonade stand around the corner. So loads of different stories and always about storytelling and looking for the different people to be on my stories. Cause I always, I never wanted to follow the pack, always following my own people and and looking for somebody different to interview and would often go up to people and say, Oh, let me interview you. I think you're the expert. And they'd say, Oh no, not me. I'm not ready. Go find someone else. And so that always like put something in my head that I need to figure out why people do that and say that. And then in 2007, seems like ages ago, but I started a content company, so it was one of Canada's first media face, and we did video animation, e-learning. We still do, but I'm not no longer in the involved in the day to day business. But you know, we forget 2007 seems lifetime ago, but that's really when YouTube. All this technology was really at our Mm -hmm. hands and becoming more accessible to all of us. And so doing the content company, helping subject matter experts get video online for the first time to show off how, you know, what they know and helping companies to share knowledge and mobilize knowledge, which was very scary for them. Sharing something for free without having people buy? Why would we share our knowledge? Uh, It was scary for them. So helping them be seen and be heard. Which then led me to writing the book. I would walk I would walk these experts slash leaders to the elevator after, you know, doing a shoot with them or doing whatever business. And they would always say to me, Lisa, I'm seeing what's happened after you've put, you know, this and this person on camera. They get more opportunities. They're now seen. People are tuning to them. They're getting on panels. How do I do that for myself? And they'd ask me that. And so then I'm like, there's something more to this. So I did. Course courses for people e learning. Then I did some workshops, and then I'm okay. I'm going to write a book on this, and so that's how it built. And now I have bragging rights. How to talk about your work using purposeful self promotion. So that's where I am today.
0: Right, right, and uh, yeah, and I have to say, so I've 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 read through the book or the advanced copy of the book, um, and I so I suppose for that for for those people who immediately have a right reaction to the idea that. Bragging could be a good thing, right? Like, what's what's your what's which I definitely there's a part of me that has that, right? My mother, bless her, you know, had this expression. She's like, oh, and it was a derogatory, right? Oh, people who go around with a trowel in one hand and a trumpet in the other—that was like the worst type of human being, right? And and that somehow, and it, and I work on it, right? But it, it's somewhere in 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 my psyche that there's there's something that just is not good about going out there and bragging about yourself, so. I suppose what's your immediate response to people who are in that mental mode?
1: I love that one. I have to write that one down. So I haven't heard that one before. You know what? I it's it's across so many cultures too. Where I did research on the book, first of all, I realized at a young age that people had a response, a strong response to brag and bragging because of my last name. I would know at least a brag and then eventually would be, Oh, you like to brag a lot. Like I'd get those like, you know, (laughs) jokes, the guffaws. People would say strange things and I would uh, wonder why my name meant so much to people. And then being someone who I'm a high achiever, like to do the extra work, put myself out there, you know, would always go for those A's or gold stars. And so would not want to talk about how much I was succeeding because I'd get that whole eye rolling thing. And when you're young, you do want to fit in. So I would not talk about my accomplishments. But getting older, I realized we do need to talk about our accomplishments but then I realized as part of this book, I needed to do the research to find out why we feel so strongly against bragging and talking about ourselves. And so did a research survey across different cultures um, and people found that it's a lot of it is that we've been told that it's not polite, that we've been told, um, you know, culturally to stay small. And what I found, though, it, that it goes a lot back to the factory era. So back in the day, we were all, you know, when we were in small communities, our grandmothers would talk about us. We wouldn't have to say anything. Our, you know, community was so small, people around us, it was kin. So they knew what we excelled at and what we really desperately needed some help with. But as we then moved to to bigger areas, such as factories, then we wanted to keep our head down. We just wanted to stay in line and get that paycheck. And so as time has progressed, we've, I've realized that We can't keep playing small and keep under the factory era ideas. What we need to do is stand out and fit in because we're now in a global economy. We don't have our grandmothers right beside us telling everyone all the awesomeness. We're not bumping into people at the corner store to mention the few things that we've done. So we need to talk about our own successes and share that with each other. You know, back in the day, a long time ago, we didn't succeed as humans by just saying, don't go there, failure we would say, hey, here's the best place to get this. Here's the best place to find those animals or to you know, to get clean water, whatever it would be. We would tell each other stories of success and not just failure. But I find in this time that we're in now, people just want to talk about failure all the time. And I don't think that's good for our morale and our mental well-being. So that's oh. a long story for all yeah, of that. The, 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 but-, the, the, the,
0: but that's, that's, that's useful. You've, you've, you've delved into that. So, so I, I can kind of picture that village scene where where we don't there's no need for us to advertise you know our value to the group right because it's really well understood but what you're saying now is is we've we, we don't have such intimate social relationships there's more of a need for us to to, to advertise our value and to, to to make sure people are clear on yeah you know, what we can offer them
1: And also, I think it's that we only had so many jobs, you know, not that long ago, we were mostly in agriculture, all of us were doing something Mm. related to farm work and food production. And now in the last 100 years, we've now moved into the factories and to doing, well, 150 years, we moved into all these Mm. other areas. And now we're all specialists and knowledge economy and doing things that people don't understand, except for the select few that it matters to. And so that's where we need to say, What success looks like, because success doesn't look like, well, look, I harvest harvested this great crop, and you can see my trees, or you can see the, you know, my um, father in law is a farmer, (laughs) and he can drive along and see all the, and he'll comment on how good a crop is over and over again. It's visual; you can see it right in front of you. But for the rest of us, you can't. They don't know what I do. They can't see the success I've had. They can't see that, and so I need to be able to articulate it in a way that people can understand instead of saying, oh, no, I'm not doing anything or or, or I'll wait till someone sees what I'm doing to choose me for something. Well, they can't see it because they don't know what it is.
0: Right, right. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. And during the, let's say the, the factory era, then why was it that it was a good idea to keep our heads down?
1: Well, there are so many of us, you know, there are so many of us who are coming to these cities and wanting employment. We wanted a steady paycheck. And so we went there and said, we'll do whatever you we we can to get a job. And so we would hand over our autonomy just to be part of that system. And as organizations grew, then we need to have more systems in place. But you really gave up your any, anything to just be a cog in the system because that was a safer place than putting your head out or putting your hand up for things. Just stay as part of the system, put your head down, do good work, and eventually someone will notice you. That was from that era and we still carry it till today. Um, but I think the main point of it is we just wanted a paycheck. So you just did as you were told. And these systems, back then, they didn't understand human behavior, right? We didn't understand how humans actually work. We're still all learning about how we really find work and leadership and joy in our work and how to really, you know, motivational behavior, emotional intelligence. these are all newer things to us. We didn't understand it back then. We just really wanted to move from, the really hard day-to-day labor of being on a farm to a different hard day-to-day situation of being in a factory and then moving now then into the digital era which was in the 60s where you know computers and not the knowledge economy started and now we're in the fourth and fifth industrial revolutions depending on what you're thinking is and of course different places in the world are still back in the factory era, but most of us are now sliding into fourth and fifth. We're in fourth and into fifth really quickly. So this world is moving really fast and changing really fast. So we have to let each other know how we're here to serve. And that's really what ultimately the book is about is letting you know how I'm here to serve. So then you can say, oh, yes, Lisa or Richard, or, you know, we can then know how to put them together with someone else and grow more partnerships.
0: Right, right and and what about the the pride aspect of this then so so i completely get the logic right it makes sense you know I, it's it, we're dealing with these in this abstract world and in a, a world of intangibles where it's important for us to make it concrete you know and clear what, what exactly it is we can offer people but if i'm grappling with that at you know a psychological level pride is a sin right in the bible like, where do, what's the sort of the moral line, if you like, around, you know, when's, what's, what's sort of virtuous bragging and what's, you know, what's not virtuous?
1: Yeah. And I think anyone who's struggling with that question, if you're grappling with it, then don't worry about it. It's <laughs> the people who don't even think about it. Those are the ones who are the ones who are annoying us and are icky. I think you're always on the safe side of bragging and your self promotion if you're not doing it based on wealth. I think that's where most of us feel really uncomfortable with it when it's about talking about your money. It, it's always depends too on what audience you're talking to. In the book, I have an example of people who are at um a yacht show and they can afford these mega yachts. And so they're talking about their mega yachts together together and, you know, how great they are, the yachts. And then there's somebody from the outside who's like, oh, listen to them talking about how great they are, rolling their eyes. But it's always in context. So what you and I even do in this podcast together, someone would say, Well, who do they think they are? You know, they're bragging about how great they are. But even we just consider that we're sharing knowledge and exchange with each other. We're sharing our wisdom, our our skills, and think we have something to offer each other and the world. While a person on the outside who's receiving it might consider this, you know, bragging and self-promotion. It is self-promotion, but they might consider it bragging that we're talking that we're so great to even be on these kind of shows. It's funny. We give celebrities and sports stars a clear pass in most cultures Mm. on this kind of work. We just never think about them getting up there and talking about how much money their film grossed or how many Oscars they've won. We just ran the period of, of an Oscar win and it was everyone was talking about it and hyping up these celebrities, but we don't think so much to hype up ourselves or even be that cheerleader, that hype woman for our friends and family who are doing awesome things. We give a pass to those celebrities but we don't give a pass to each other and and that's always a curiosity for me too
0: yeah and if you come to any conclusions on that what why well why is it we seem to not apply those moral judgments to you know certain people within our society that we may apply to ourselves or even perhaps our friends sometimes
1: i think as we give them a proxy you know we think that um it's like a it, we project ourselves. We wish it were ourselves. We so we let them go on that pedestal and we give them all we get we get we can. We give them, you know, social media space. We retweet them. We share them on LinkedIn. We just give them a pass, and it's because we think it's you know a way for us to also be seen and a little bit attaching attaching ourselves to their starlight and being in the spotlight with them in any way. So we love to amplify. Those people, once they get to the that's that stage, we do a little bit with CEOs too. They're expected to talk about wh- how far they've come uh, and how true. far they've taken a company. So there are certain people that get that. You know, we also have writers. If you've written a book, you're expected to go out and talk about the book and talk about what you've done. So for a long time, these certain peak groups have been allowed to do it, and it's also that media wasn't as available as it is now, where. You know, almost anyone can have a podcast or have their own show. Back in the day, it was guarded by the guardians of the status quo, who you either had to know you had to be in their circle of influence, or you had to pay them a lot of money to be on their show. And so now these walls have crumbled down. And so it's, we're all able to say, hey, here's what I do. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'd like to share with you and put it out for the world to see and hear.
0: Yes, you could almost see it as an opportunity cost, right? If you don't go out there and brag right now, because we've all got the opportunity to, to self-promote, right? We've got the tools, it's inexpensive, it's there.
1: And if you're not doing the next, doing it, the next person will. So I'm not saying go out and just be noisy, do it on purpose. That's why we intentionally looked at the word purpose. We had smart, we had savvy, but purposeful. Like It needs to be for purpose, because the last thing we need in this world is more noise and more people to clutter our feeds and more things showing up in our inboxes than what we need but being purposeful to share your wisdom to share your knowledge your accomplishments success that's that's valuable to to your right audience and they want to hear from you and so many people are already saying hey look at me and showing up and doing their thing that if you're not showing up if you're being a hidden gem somebody's going to go to the next person It's just a matter of fact, they are going to look at the next person and choose them over you because they've seen them and they're not hiding, you know, in a corner waiting to be chosen. I always thought, (laughs) I always thought in my last business too, that people would come to my tiny part of the internet and say, oh yes, let's use Lisa and media face and, and hire them. But nobody comes unless you are there and somebody can see you and say, hello. It's just as simple as think about being on your street. If you wave to your neighbor, they'll wave back. And if you pass somebody in the street and you smile, most times they smile back. If you talk to somebody, often they talk back, you know, hopefully in a polite conversation. But it's that we need those human interactions. We are humans talking to other humans and we need to have interactions. And the more interactions you have in a positive way, then you're earning trust. And we want to do business with people we trust.
0: Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. And it also takes it back to our evolutionary past where we wouldn't have had so much of a need for that again because people would know, you know, she does that, you know, she, she's, she's great at weaving or whatever the roles were back then. And, you know, he, he, he's, you know, he's great with the horses or whatever it might've been. Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, They knew. So we didn't have to say much that. um, And again, so few jobs available, you know, we, we, they knew if you were a good blacksmith or not, they knew quickly.
0: (laughs) Right, right, right. Um, So, there's a, there's a there's a passage in the book where it sounded like for you there was a, a pivotal moment right where you had the, the threat of legal, legal action uh, when you were running your company and that kind of kickstarted your your journey with this right and getting yourself out out there to a greater degree so, so yeah talk talk us through that and and where that that you know that that story fits in in terms of uh, what we're talking about
1: yeah and that's a story early in the book and what it was about I you know you'd think that being a broadcast journalist and then owning a media company that I would be out there telling everyone, Hey, I'm doing all these things. Come look at me. I'm, you know, I'm building this, but no, I was always talking about my company, my role. And I wasn't talking about Lisa Bragg, the person, Lisa Bragg, the professional, you know, I could talk to you about being the CEO of a content company. I could talk to you about your company, but I never talked about myself. And when we're at the end of the day, if we have to leave our jobs or company, at the end of the day, we only have ourselves. And so we need to work on our own toolkit, our own backpack of things to say about ourselves and our accomplishments. And I found it was really interesting when I reflected on it that I had so many opportunities to go and do this kind of work in a positive way, being really... um you know, that I was doing it in advance of any issues, but so often we wait until after the fact, until we're in a negative position to do the work. We wait until we lose our job. We wait until we lost that promotion. We wait until, you know, there's, we might lose our company. We wait until all these negative things happen. And then we finally move forward with saying, oh, I really need to make sure I have my own parachute just in case something happens. And so that's where my journey was. I had this legal action against me that was no fault of mine at all. It was some advice that wasn't the greatest. And I had to make some decisions. And I was worried that I was going to, my company would be sullied through this. And I, you know, made sure that I worked towards making sure that no matter what, at the end of the day, Lisa Bragg was going to be okay, that I could take my backpack and go somewhere else and do great work in the world. And so, I challenge our listeners, though, to not wait until there's something because this world is moving faster and faster. And you just don't know right now we're in an era of so many rolling layoffs and different things happening, hiring sprees, layoff sprees. You don't know which way it's coming. So you can't wait until something negative happens or you miss an opportunity. We do need to be proactive and considering our brand, you know, considering what awesome things we're doing in the world that we should be self-promoting. We need to be doing it in a proactive way now. So not waiting until you get some sort of manila envelope from lawyers saying, yeah, you're in a little bit of, uh, I wouldn't say trouble, but you're, yeah, it was looking like trouble. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to yeah. go down that path. You want to make sure that you already have everything set up and in place so that you can take even bigger opportunities as they come to you.
0: Right. Yeah. And. And so you had to make this transition from yeah, talking about yeah, the company and 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 so on and being the the leader of that company to yourself. What were some of the steps you took? And did you have any particular challenges yourself with coming out in that way?
1: Oh, I still do. I am my book. I am totally my book. I find it hard to tell people how I'm here to serve and how, you know, how it can help in my way of being Lisa Bragg. I worry that am I. Out there too much, what will people think? You know, that was one of the big things talking to people internationally is we we all have this, <gasps> what will people think? And not in a good way. It's that, oh my, what will people think? And that we have that. And those people on our shoulders from the past, like your mom with her her yeah. saying that we have that with us. It's in it's something we constantly struggle with. So I constantly struggle with do I put myself out there? Do I keep myself hidden? I interviewed Amelia Sam's, who brilliant woman. And she constantly goes through this period of, yes, I'm going to put myself out there and tell the world, you know, all I have to give. And then no, 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 I'm going to retreat back and not, not be in the limelight, not try to put myself out there, not um, associate, not be putting my name forward with my associations. And so we constantly go back and forth in the dance of bragging and self-promotion, but it's really always making sure that you are present and are available to, to help. So what did I do? I um, I started just talking about it and putting myself out there in small steps. I always think that we always had to wait till we're totally confident to do these things, and really, it's about small steps of courage. Just putting my one foot forward and saying, "Hey, I'll do that," or talking, putting my name up on an internet, saying, "Here's who I am and here's what I stand for," and. All the different associations filling out my bios on those things. People go to them, but nobody fills out their bios, and then they wonder why the same people are picked over and over again. So I slowly started putting my hand out for low stakes opportunities that uh, that I wanted, and would get them, and then kept moving forward with that. So that's where I started, and then realized other people need this too. So how am I going to help them? You know, it's so funny. I was already doing it for my clients. But I wasn't doing it for myself. So right. the medicine was very good. The medicine was very good. <laughs>
0: Excellent. And then so I'm um, because there's there's this quote that you've got in the book, which I love. Um from Brene Brown. Healthy striving is self-focused. How can I improve? Perfectionism is other focused. What will they think? And you just mentioned like what will they think? And I, that's something that resonated with me, right? There are definitely times I want to. You know, I I I procrastinate posting something because I've got somebody in my head thinking, what you know, what's that guy going to think, right? It's it's so dumb, and I if if you have that or you have clients who have that, like, what are some of the you know, what's the strategy you offer people you know who are in that position?
1: You know, perfectionism gets us all the time. We are so awesome, and we put these standards up that no one else can achieve. We just have like you know, we have to give one hundred and twenty percent, and that's where. I say in the book too it's like we have to say we have to say done and things are good when they're 70 percent or even lower like we just are our, our idea anyone who's like in listening to this uh podcast or watching the video you're already you're 100 is 120 to use sports <laughs> sports language but the reality is we put this bar up so high that it's always it's so hard to attain over and over and over again the consistency can't be there when you're striving for perfection perfection is elusive too. where is perfection nowadays? You know, isn't the same thing as 10 years ago, it's not gonna be the same thing as 20 years ago. And whose idea is perfection? Anyway, is it our lens? Or is it somebody else who's coming from a totally different country or culture? Whose lens of perfection are we using? Mm. And so many people are putting things out now when it's, you know, 70%. So think about it, is this good? it's good enough. It doesn't have to be perfect because we stall when we're waiting for perfection and other people are just whizzing by us so fast and they're putting out something that's like mediocre, but we're waiting on something that waiting for that perfect moment. So I always, good is good enough and don't wait for it to be the best because it'll never be the best and better you know what, don't even wait for it. Just wait, for, just have it that it's good enough. It's 75%. You get that one gold star on it. You don't need to have four or five. You don't need that high mark on it. Just go with what it is. I think it's really important. I think Seth Godin talks about this a lot. The, uh, the famous author and marketer where we have to put our work out for other people to see and judge. And so by continually putting your work out, he puts out a blog post, a short one, every day, constantly showing his work. And when we show our work, People will see that. They'll see those um, moments along the way, the moments instead of milestones. And we often wait till the milestone till things are so perfect and they're glamorous and we're ready to go. Instead of just saying, here's here's this moment in time. And things are lost so fast on the internet anyway nowadays. So good is good enough is where I would start. And that's the advice I would give for, for trying to put that perfectionist tendencies down and realizing that a lot of people aren't even thinking about it at all.
0: Yeah, I, I, I love that. I'm, I'm going get two things from that. So, one is whose lens is it anyway? I love that because I can imagine myself. And I have this one particular individual who's on LinkedIn who gets in my head and they're who I'm thinking about. Well, they like this post or not. So, who, why am I thinking about that guy's lens? Right. Like, that's the first thing I'm taking away. Um, and then the second thing, and it reminds me, you know, just just get it out, right? Just just get it out. And you, there's a, you, you quote in the book, uh, I think, is it Lauren Michaels from Saturday Night Live? Right. Like, and he's asked, when is it ready? Well, When it's when it's it's not when it's ready. It's eleven and it's eleven thirty. You know it's going out, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's about just pushing the button.
1: It's about pushing the button. My background's TV news, and so often I would go to with a story. It'd be six o'clock news, and I'd be like, "Oh, I need another hour." And no, 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 (laughs) no. You go with what you have in the moment you have it. So it's really just you are good already, and knowing that, and just hit send. And then, you know I talk in the book too how one-third of people will like you, one-third of people just simply won't care, and one-third of people won't like you. So you need to focus on that one-third that like you already and just go with them and know that as long as you're speaking to the right audience and that you're connecting with them, that they'll appreciate what you're doing. And if this one's a miss, the next one will be a hit for you.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just just that discipline, which, yeah, you must have just been in your bones from the TV news, right? It's just going to go out, whatever every day. Oh, I
1: still struggle with it, to be honest. Oh, I do. Because it's like, you know, the book, it's like, oh, this, we should do this more thing. We should do this. Like this could have been easily 80,000, 100,000 words. And nobody wants that at all in in the fast paced world we are today. yeah. And then, then you can like, you just get fixated in your own, in your own soup. And too much in your own soup is not a good thing. So I had to just let it go and realize we have to set a deadline. So that would be one of the things, set a deadline, and no matter what, you just do it. Seth Godin, going back to him, every day, no matter what, he sends out a blog post. Even if he has the sniffles, he's still sending
0: it out. Yeah, that's Just great. send it out. Yeah, just send it out. It reminds me of a story of a guy who, similar to your background, he worked in sports, right? He was in live sports. And he he moved over. And at the time, I was working in software development, right? In, 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 and he could not get his head around by all these delays, like, why is the go live for this software being delayed? He's like, I couldn't, I couldn't have delayed. I couldn't have told the viewers like, I'm sorry. We're like, we're an hour late tonight. The show's going to be late. Um, Yeah. But I think when we're in knowledge work, we have this, you know, outside of TV where there's a live schedule, we, we do have this opportunity to delay things, right? We can put things out on the internet whenever we like, but you know, that's not always uh, to our advantage.
1: But Richard, think about what a disservice we're doing to our audience when we wait and we hide and we're hidden gems, hoping somebody's going to notice us, right? It's a disservice. And how mad or angry or whatever that feeling is inside of you when you see your idea out in the world and you have it ready and almost done. And you just were like, just going to look it over one more time. And you're just going to go back to the graphic designer one more time. And, and you know, if I just do this and I'll send it because the audience probably isn't watching till Wednesday at one o'clock. So I'm gonna wait till then, da da, da, da da. All those excuses we put ahead of actually just hitting send hold us back. And then somebody else comes and writes something and it's a half baked idea, mediocre, but they put it out earlier than we did. And so then we it's kind of loses its position. So challenge yourself on on that, you know, waiting, 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 waiting. <laughs> just do it. Just hit send.
0: Yeah, just hit send. And of course, the other advantage is it. It, that that's done, and now you're now you've got space for the next thing. So you're building your skill all the time because you're just you're just doing more, right? You're just creating more um, because you've put yourself onto that schedule.
1: Yeah, and I'm also a big proponent of don't just create more, Amplify more. So when um, you write whatever post it is, make sure you slice and dice it into lots of little social posts or even this, uh, especially this video podcast, making sure that you use it in so many ways and that it's amplified. That's not a lot. Not a lost opportunity. One person I talked to, she was in. She wrote an article and it was Cosmopolitan, but she didn't tell anyone. She was just hoping people would notice it. And like, no, no, no. You have to give all these things legs so they can run and do their things and find the right people because there's so many people out there who need this good work. So you have to make sure that you amplify it. So I say, you know, you do make your content, but then it's your obligation to make sure you amplify it. It's more than. Writing the content because I never want anyone to think, oh my goodness, I have to become a content generation machine now. No, no, no. You have to amplify the content you have because it's already sitting there. Your genius is already there. Just keep sending it out so people can see it again and again and again and again.
0: Yeah, and I think that hits the that hits the same psychology, doesn't it? Because it's like, okay, it's it's done. I can forget about it. I don't like I've done my thing. <laughs> I mean I don't I don't, don't want to now tell people that I've done this thing. I'm just glad <laughs> it's out there. <laughs> So I've done this thing.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. Like the book, right? I mean, I, that's my freshest example, but it's like, Oh yeah, that's what a lot of people do is they get anything, any big piece of work you do, you do it. And then you talk about it a little bit right before it comes out. And then the day it comes out woo-hoo, and then you never talk about it again. And so you've done all this work and then we don't do anything with it. So I think a lot, like we get an award or we do a big piece of work for the project, come back to it a year later and say, oh, look who else has won. Or here's where my project is today. And, you mm-hmm. know, they're building it. They're doing something beautiful with it. Or or my award, I'm happy to, for the next award winners. Like keep going with that. Don't let it, you know, it can be recycled over and over and over again. We just forget that it's a good opportunity for all of us to share and amplify and make more community because that's what it's about, making more community for all of us.
0: Right. Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't thought about it in that terms. And, and that's another way of getting over the ego, right? Like this isn't about me and you know, me, my perfectionism, whether it's good enough. I'm helping to build a community here.
1: Yeah. And I think that's because bragging, we the way we interpret bragging nowadays. So back in the day, it was it was actually Shine and shimmer. And then bragging then also meant brave. So, but then we made it into this thing where we really didn't like the word pride because it's talking about your success with pride. And I think we need some pride. We need some self-love because that's another version of what the word pride means. It's not just Mm -hmm. that you're too big for your britches and you're, you know, but it's that we have some self-love and those who are already out there really, you know, self-aggrandizing. I think that's where we've misunderstood the word bragging to self-aggrandizement could be because self-aggrandizement is such a heavy word where it means that's where I talk about myself and I put other people down and it's that, that. You know, I'm really much bigger than you. So, but it's, and that's where we've had such a a loud taste of it over the past few years, which is self aggrandizement and where bragging is talking about your success with pride. And then self promotion is where we're strategically putting out what we should be bragging about into the world through all the different tactics that we have, but being purposeful about all of it. What do I want to say to people that should care about what I'm saying? And what will they receive when I talk about these things?
0: Right. So could you give people a a concrete example of then of the difference between self-aggrandizement and and bragging then? Like in the same scenario, how would you express that as self-aggrandizement versus uh, bragging?
1: I think the easiest is with an award. So, oh, look, I'm better than all these other people. Like I beat out, well, it's not quite, but still I beat out, you know, 500 people for this, including John, ha ha ha. Like that kind of thing is where, we start to feel, oh, it's so sad. And that's one piece where like, hey, I won this award. You know, I want to thank that kind of thing. And that's where you or I won this award because so often when people brag successfully, it's because they've added a because to it. So that's one tip to, to take away is I've won this award because, you know, I would love it if you just said I won this award. But we often feel that we need to temper it a little bit because we're not as confident with talking about our successes with pride. So I won this award because. Where the other way is, well, of course I won this award. I'm better than everyone else. You know, and that's where you can you can insert whatever way you want how you're better than them. It's often when we talk about wealth, people feel so uncomfortable. So, you know, I often say, if you want to make sure that you don't, you don't show off all your diamonds and Lamborghinis and things like that, because wealth is a great divider for people. So if you want to steer clear of that, don't talk about your wealth and people will feel more comfortable. It's when we get into talking about wealth that people do feel that ickiness coming in with, um, that puffery and that people feel icky in the book. It's like, people talk about it's when you stand beside a yacht. And you are just a guest in the harbor. You're, you don't actually own that boat. That's where we are not always who we say we are. So I think it's also being authentic and not mm. putting yourself above others with, with being who you're not. Cause that's where people know, they know you don't have that yacht. They know that purse is fake and that you're taking the the coach bus. Like they know those things. So don't, don't overdo it in the wealth category. Use much more of your skills, your wisdom the um, knowledge that you have, because those are things that are out there in the world and people can see that you're offering such great things and they can't pin you down on that, some of those things.
0: Yeah, no, that 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 makes some sense. And, and context matters, right? Back to your earlier point, right? If you're in a wealth conference and everybody's there to learn about how to get wealthy and you're talking about how wealthy you are, then... The context might mean that's fine, right? It's so it's it's about knowing your context. Yeah.
1: It's no it's all context because the audience that we're talking to, that it's and then we can't what well, we can't, and I just want to clarify things, we cannot help somebody in the way that they receive the information. So they with the way they hear it, we can't control that. And that's where so many people hold back on talking about their successes because they don't want somebody else to feel bad. Well, how are you supposed to be in control? That's pretty narcissistic if I control how other people feel all the time right I can't do that I can't I can't control how an audience member is going to react to what I say because I'm not in their brain I haven't lived their experiences and so I can just put it out there and hopefully all of this resonates with them some will some won't but at the end of the day I can't control how they receive things and so that's where we want to make sure that we're, you know, being upstanding people and, and being in our lane, but we also can't expect that somebody's going to receive it the way that we always intended to be good intentions always, but how they receive it, it's up to them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great point. <clears throat> and the other thing that you shared in the book, and I actually did one of the exercises was about, okay, so if people are left with this question of, okay, well, why am I going to talk about, it? I mean, maybe it's something obvious, like an award, but other than that, like what? where to start and you've got it. You've got a great exercise in the book for that. Um, yeah. And so wh- where do you point people, you know, to, to start that journey of figuring out what they're going to tell the world about themselves?
1: You know what? I think it starts with talk to yourself. Okay. <laughs> we don't talk to ourselves enough. I know it sounds again, silly, but we don't take enough time for self-reflection. And so I think the tool you're talking about is the riff tool in the book where you actually take the time to say, well, what do I care about? What am I thinking about? And there's several prompts in the book that help you through that, but it helps you to get deeper and deeper into what I should be talking about. Was it the Rift Tool or Seven Layers Deep?
0: It was. Well, the prompts were, um, you know, I believe that uh, the biggest needle mover for me was the best habit I have. Those were the prompts.
1: Yeah. So that's the rift tool, and that's a great tool for getting you to start talking about all the content that you could possibly think. So I believe, and you t- set a timer and you write down all the things that you believe. and then you write down, you keep going, and then eventually you'll start to see that there are um threads to all of it and that there's overlaps. And then you'll see like this is really what I should be talking about because I'm already passionate about it. Yeah, like why try to t- start talking about something that you just have no interest in it just because it seems like the topic du jour or that um, somebody else in your industry is talking about, talk about what you're passionate about, because you can see I'm passionate about this. I get animated, my eyes light up, my hands start talking. Um, And when you're animated and excited about something, that enthusiasm shows through and it shows you the way to the content that you should be writing about. And it makes it so much easier to write your content. So tell me, what did you find? What did you get?
0: So I got healing and, and trauma. So this has been a big part of the podcast is trauma release and it all ties into healing um so that was a big thread through meditation was there uh complexity which is uh yeah a a, a, if you like a technical topic but it does relate in the end to all of these things um but yeah you you asked to like find the thread through them and it was definitely like healing healing and trauma
1: yeah (laughs) and so you have a lot to write and talk about with healing and trauma and from there there are so many different little wings excuse me that can come from there and then i I bet that you're going to have a body of work with all the different headings and subheadings that you could then turn into, you know, more podcasts or a book or magazine articles. There's something in there that you need to work through and that you want to work through and that your knowledge that you can share with others. If you can talk about something for three minutes, solid, 20 minutes, solid, that's something you need to probably uncover a little bit more and tell other people about because you obviously have. Knowledge And it's probably knowledge that's not just, you know, knowledge that's rehashed from someone else. It's something that you've already processed and made connections to that you can then share and add your own special spin on it that other people really need to hear. You know, we have all different stories in this world, too. So you have to know that your stories and doing something like the Rift Tool may help you connect your stories that will help other people actually connect to the to the issues that you care about.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I I, and I wanted to do the follow up exercise which I didn't have time for. But with that was you you record yourself for twenty minutes talking about that thing, right? The, the thread that you found. Then you transcribe that, and there you go, right? That could be a script for a presentation. It could be a blog post. It could be yeah, who knows?
1: Yeah, don't hesitate to record yourself. There are so many great tools, and I, you can do it in so many docs and and everything nowadays, and all the technology. And get it. It doesn't have to be a perfect transcription, but get it transcribed and see. And some of them will have. Um, the wordles where you can see how many words come up of what you've said and it'll, it'll go through it and ke- give you all the keywords. So do that. Cause then you'll say, oh my goodness, I talk about this a lot. That's a, that's something for me to put a hook on and say, why am I talking about this theme that much? What are my stories that connect to this theme? Cause a lot mm. of this is about storytelling yeah, that's and having our the book, own right? stories Story. to tell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Obviously my background through, <clears> and through has been storytelling. Because when we tell stories, we open up ourselves to each other. And we, you never know what we can do because we're telling our own stories. Oh, that's me too. Oh, I know someone. We're humans having human experience. And we connect through stories from now, from then, and for always. Stories are what make us humans. It's what's the differentiating factor.
0: And and for your work then with clients, for people who who want to get better at telling stories... Um, this sounds like the Rift tool is great to get people started and for you know a, a, a clear on what content they might want to start exploring. But you know, in terms of telling the stories themselves, uh, what do you offer people?
1: Yeah, I well, I do training workshops on storytelling, and I do some small group work too. So I do those things so that people can feel more confident with telling stories. Uh, I have actually even online for your listeners and, and for the viewers. It's, it's under Lisa Bragg slash Listener Love. And it has some tools for a story bank and developing your own stories that way. So happy to give that away to, to your listeners, but it's, you know,
0: bragging in action, right? You're pointing people to where (laughs) they can find some value from you. I love it. Yeah,
1: exactly. Because That's exactly it. How do I show you that I have value? And then if we resonate, then maybe eventually we can work together. And it's, you know, if we're thinking about it from a sales process, we're not saying, Hey, come buy for me right now. And, you know, these knives are on sale only for a limited time. No, we need to now say, here's what I'm thinking out there. Do my values align with yours? Do we resonate? Oh, we do. Okay, then here's something what I'd like to offer you. And it's not people just are so tired of being pitched to, but if we say, yeah, hey, and that here's didn't what feel I have like
0: a pitch. It really didn't like I'm no, not. No. Yeah.
1: Because if we don't work, if we don't resonate, it, you know how those clients are. It's just so much work. But if we resonate and you feel I have value to give you more, I have lots more to give you. And so here's here's what it is. The book is just, again, and this, uh, as I said, this could have been a <laughs> hundred thousand words, it's less than fifty five thousand with even with the um the notes and everything. But like I just have so much I want to give, so it's a starting point. And the story storytelling tools, the story bank tools that are on my website for you, um it's just a jumping off point for you to start thinking about your own stories. And if you've started doing the work, then maybe it's time for a bigger conversation where I could we can work together. In a group setting or with your company. And I do limited one-on-ones, but it's just that how do we help the world and help each other to be better storytellers? And then also you're gonna say, hey, we just listened to this great podcast with Richard and Lisa. We should have them do something else with us. And that's how opportunities come to us. When we say, Hey, I'm here, I'd love to do that work. Then more opportunities come because it doesn't come when we're hitting hidden gems, waiting for somebody to come to our tiny piece on the internet. They just won't come
0: yeah 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 and um well I, I and that resonates as well with me because i remember a client telling me now richard you're great but what we find so frustrating is we have to you know drag this knowledge out of you like you know stop stop like making it difficult for us to you know so there's there's absolutely uh that I, i'm sure is going to resonate with a lot of people right that they've got special knowledge they just uh you know they don't find it easy to just blow with it right get it out there <laughs> Get it out there.
1: And I'm all for, and I I still struggle with with this too. So I'm so glad you asked me though about working, but we, I I always want to give, 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 and we do have to remember to take, we do have to make, you know, an offer. We do have to ask for the work. So while you're out there giving your knowledge away, you do have to watch and make sure that you do some taking too, so that you get the opportunities and get paid. You know, it's we want to give so much, but at the end of the day, we do need to also help our own families thrive and and keep going. So it's that balance of saying, "Here's how I'm here to serve," and here's some of my knowledge, and then there's also here's the next steps that uh, will really move it forward. And, And that's that's something you have to offer for for sale. It's just the reality of this world that we live in right now. Yeah
0: right now yeah who knows maybe there's a a post-money future where who knows
1: uh, things are moving so fast i don't know star trek i don't know
0: (laughs) but yeah i mean i guess in the end though even yeah well it's difficult for me to envision in a scenario where there, you know you won't always they won't always need need to be some form of offer hey this is (laughs) on offer right right that i can yeah that yeah, I can there, are, there will always be an exchange for. because there was yeah, even an exchange,
1: exchange way back when. Yeah, we did barters, we did whatever it is. So there's always an exchange of knowledge, but it's helping people to see how valuable your knowledge is. When I keep it in here, nobody can see how valuable you are. We can't see the value you bring. So let us see that by, by talking about your successes and your skills and your accomplishments.
0: Brilliant. Yeah. Um okay. I mean, it feels like we've had a fantastic conversation here. Um, is there anything from the from the book in terms of helping people to um you know, to learn to brag uh, purposefully and more effectively that we we've missed that we might want to just um
1: no i think there's is- a great chapter um chapter 13 which is about being a leader and helping others to shine so i think that's the big thing is that while we want to talk about me 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 it's also about how we can help others and this you know when you start with doing the work for yourself you'll see quickly how you can help amplify and shine the spotlight on others. And Richard, you're doing it perfectly with this podcast where you're having, you know, your guests on to give their message. So that's great to shine a spotlight on others. But the book helps in a more of a corporate setting of how do you help your teams also to be seen and heard and claim credit where credit is due, you know, while there's no I in team, there is an I in credit. And so how does that work in a workplace, and how do you help others to shine? Because the light always comes back to you when you help others to shine too. So, so that's when Chapter Thirteen has a lot of that uh, content in there. Yeah, and there's the, there's leaders. the prompt,
0: isn't it? And I I made a note of it actually. I I picked up on that. You know, supporting a a team that brags, and you had you know sev- several prompts. You know that you could ask the whole team, right? You know, who's mentor would you ask, and you know what have we achieved? Is and I I I really like that. Actually, and I can imagine running a you know workshop. You know, as a as the leader of a team using those prompts and yeah you know, being really valuable in terms of forming that identity and and sense of what this team can can give them you know their value
1: yeah so i think that's my that's the chapter i'd turn to but i think right away one tip i'd like to leave our listeners with is to not just follow the celebrities and give shout outs to what they've said is to find a friend family member anything from this podcast that they want and quote it and use that as their social media prompt. So say, hey, Richard said this great thing in this podcast and copy that and use that instead of always going to the same celebrities, the same, Mm. you know, big CEOs, go to your friends and family who are saying genius things all the time on social media, or they said it in passing, make sure that they're okay with it. But use that as your social media content or in a blog post or for internal communications. Use those that kind of thinking instead of always going to the same old, same old and using a quote from Steve Jobs or any of the other names that always come top of mind. You know, like that stuff's old and it's everywhere. Look to the people who are right beside you. They're saying amazing things and shine a light on them. And it'll just make you look even more like the thought leader you truly are.
0: Right. Yeah, I love it. Okay. Well, thank you, uh, Lisa. This has been awesome. And so, for people who want uh, more, uh, it's lisabrag.com, right?
1: That's right. That's right. Double and the G. book is double G. Yes. <laughs> and the book will be available everywhere that you would buy a book. So, find it. And uh, I'd love is to it, hear is what it you think. About- now? Uh, it will be available on May 11th and on May 11th, and, okay. um, on so May not 11th everywhere. Not long at all. So it's coming up fast. So, and I'd love to hear what you think. If you want to tag any posts uh, with hashtag yeah. bragging rights and uh, yeah. uh, leave a comment, I'd love to hear what your thinking is, how, what else you'd like to see in the book and uh, how it works out for you in the world. And I'll definitely share your posts and reshare them and help to cheer you on. Cause I'd love to see this, this book really help and be of service to the world.
0: Fantastic. All right. Thanks. Once again, Lisa, this has been awesome. Thanks. Thank you, Richard. The Being Human podcast was brought to you by First Human. For more on First Human's human-focused coaching and leadership programs, head to firsthuman.com.